This is EdTech Weekly. I'm Ricky Zager, and joining me as always, Matt Harrison, our tech guru. Matt, are you refreshed and ready to go after that long break we had? Well, since this has been one big spa vacation for me, I would say that I am ready to go. Yeah, we definitely have had a couple of crazy weeks. Uh, Hostile takeovers, new jobs, all sorts of fun stuff. And we've also been working with tweaking the format of the show a little bit. And we're hoping that you're going to find this a little bit more to your liking. Um, The new format's basically just going to be a quicker look at the EdTech stories of the week. And then we'll have a featured segment. So either a story that we want to talk more about, a resource we want to share, uh, a topic that we just might want to explore more, or possibly an interview, hopefully interviews as well. So, Matt, let's get started. We'll start with a rundown of the EdTech News of the Week. ABC News reports that hashtag I look like an engineer movement is growing from Twitter to a billboard campaign. The hashtag, which had over 86,000 tweets as of a couple of mornings ago, was started by a platform engineer, Isis Wenger, hope I'm saying that right, who wanted to fight sexism and stereotypes in the technology industry. I feel like we've had multiple stories like this, Matt, of people sort of rising up against what these stereotypes are, and I'm hoping that this is gonna they're gonna continue to grow, and maybe eventually we won't need to have stories like this. Oh, I think I mean reading through the whole thing and looking at all of the different pictures of the different people that are in the movement. Um, it's very nice to see the people that are getting um, sort of you know recognition for the things that they've done. Looking through the story, you know, there's a young woman who, uh, you know, had 15 years of experience, sysadmin, DBA, web, and uh, platform mobile. I mean, that's phenomenal stuff, being 19 years old and was the sysadmin of Mexico's presidency. I mean, that's amazing, amazing stuff that exists out there, and I think that needs to be chronicled and shown off a lot more. So Yeah, it's pretty cool. Definitely check that out. You want to get to the next story, Matt, or am I not? Did I not talk about the pay raise that you're getting? Since now you're going to be reading some stories, or do we oh, need... are you actually going to give the gift card to me now? I gave it to you already. Stop messing around. I don't know. Our next story: CNET reports that Google is in talks to bring Loon to Sri Lanka. Remember that Loon is a program that flies weather balloons over remote areas to bring them Wi-Fi. Certainly, this is a business move for Google, but it would also give internet access to many students and help them. It- be introduced to many new things that could shape their understanding of the world and how they can change and interact with it. Yeah, I mean it brings it brings some scary stuff as well. I mean with with information is scary information as well as, you know, good information. So uh, it's a good thing overall, I'd say, but I really love what they're doing with this, bringing internet access to people who normally wouldn't be able to get that information. It's pretty awesome. Um I think it's great just because it's bringing information and unfettered information to a populace that probably hasn't had this much, you know, thrown at them all at the same time. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. You know, we always talk about the dark web and the thing that exists there. But if you don't have freedom of all information, then what are you being fed? And I mean, you could look at North Korea and see exactly, you know, the disparity between life that exists. Um, over that DMZ. So, are you saying that it's possible that some or more of the leaders of North Korea don't all have multiple holes in ones when they play golf? I don't know. I, 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 how do they even get to play golf when they're winning all of the World Cups? That's true. Good point. Good point. And I'll do my best, Matt, to, to write a better script for you. I felt that you were uncomfortable with that. I, I, I'll try to write it more to your voice. 
I'll do my best. What is my voice? I, I, I don't know. That's why I had trouble writing it. Oh. Our next story, Wired reports that IBM's school could fix education and tech's diversity gap. The school is called P-Tech, and that stands for Pathways in Technology Early College High School. That's kind of a mouthful. The school targets mainly minority students from low-income backgrounds and just graduated its first six students. Now, this school is addressing the diversity issue as well as teaching job skills in high school. The program is rapidly going, and about 40 schools are going to be participating this fall. It is hard to argue with that rapid growth. I do wonder that as this scales, is it going to be successful? I mean, the first you know, several students that you get who are really wanting to participate, of course, it's going to help the success. But is it going to stand the test of students who are not happy in school and aren't interested in that type of education? I, I guess time's only going to tell on that. Any thoughts on that, Matt? Um, I, it's one amazing article. Um, they really tackle it from a lot of different angles and talk a lot of a diff- with a lot of different people who have different opinions about it. I think it's amazing. Um, I also know that this is an area that's rife with, um, you know, the need for things like this. Um, looking in Brooklyn schools uh, system specifically, you know, much of the lower part of New York having different options and having students being able to go to different areas is always a good thing and reaching out to a, um, a lower socioeconomic status um, you're able to find students that maybe are more willing to go to different types of schools than others um, I think there were some unfair characteristics or characterizations of the people that had started this by other um, opponents in the story um, but I th- Overall, I just it's just a great article, and it talks about the need for this stuff and having um, industry leaders like IBM, Google, Microsoft getting involved in stuff like this. And I like the idea that IBM has built this out, basically created this and say, okay, well, anybody can do this now, and there are different things that we can tweak, and it's going to have effects and impacts on these types of things, but it is most certainly not a okay, now you have to understand IBM database systems. Now you have to understand the history of IBM and, you know, halt and catch fire. It, it, it's not teaching that. It's teaching STEM. It's teaching STEM. That's essentially it. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and then, like you said, the structure there for Microsoft to give and sort of a, a template for them to use is pretty cool and let anybody use it. All right, Matt, our final story, and that's also going to move into our featured segment, and that comes from ZDNet. And that's Box, the cloud storage company, bringing unlimited free storage to educational institutions. There is a bit of a catcher. The institutions have to adopt Box through the Internet to Net Plus initiative. Uh, We'll dive into just how to do that and some of the more basic concepts of cloud storage now in our featured segment. Dun, dun, dun. I need to get some music for that, Matt. I think we should just let my cat meow. I mean, I'm down for that. We'll record it and put it there. Why not? So, Matt, the first question we should address is exactly what is the cloud? I hear a lot of people, some of them in relatively high ed tech positions, unfortunately, that don't simply don't understand. Is there a possible way you can sum that up for everyone, Matt, to just explain to them what the heck is the cloud? Um, well, I'll give you the basic general idea of it. Um, this is a, a crazy uh definition I found, but it says the cloud simply refers to software and services that run on the internet instead of your computer. Apple iCloud, Dropbox, Netflix, Amazon Cloud Drive, Flickr, Google Drive, Microsoft Office 365. And that's absolutely correct. Um, 
basically. So you're saying that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're saying that it doesn't have to have the word cloud in it to be cloud storage? No. What? Um, Basically, these have been around for a really long time. It just, they are all now under the moniker of it being cloud because the cloud is a thing that doesn't exist right here. If I take a photo and I put it elsewhere that doesn't exist on my phone and isn't immediately on my laptop, everybody else thinks it's in the cloud, it's in the ether, I don't understand it. It's flowing through me now. You've taken a picture and you've moved the phone around me. I'm surrounded by the cloud. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm scared. The cloud is such a friendly sounding place too. But basically, it. I mean, the easiest breakdown of this is go to Microsoft Azure, um, EC2 by Amazon or you know the Google Cloud stuff and install a version of Linux, install Windows on it, and log into it through your browser and act like it's your computer. That's the cloud. Going to Dropbox, putting something in that, that's the cloud. Um, so playing- essentially any any t- type of computing activity where what you are doing is not on your hard drive but somewhere else on the Internet, either on yes. a hard drive in the Internet or mm-hmm. other place in the Internet, that's cloud. All right. That sounds pretty easy. I mean, I'm hoping that anyone who's listening to this gets that. And maybe next time you're in a meeting with people, it won't be embarrassing when you say the cloud and you have no clue what you're talking about. I don't want it on the cloud, but we can put it on Dropbox, right? Oh, let's not go there. Okay. What about security, Matt? Is there a way to be more secure when using cloud storage or or is Box, a Dropbox, you know, Google, Google Drive? I mean, what... Are any of these more secure? Are any of them taking more measures in security? Or are there any ways for us to know that? Um, uh, you just kind of have to look at their papers and find out how they you know, run their own security. So trust um, them is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, trust them or get involved with something that allows you to have third-party applications. I mean, Google Drive is part of Gmail. Gmail and the whole Google system can use second-factor authentication. That's pretty darn secure. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that exist out there. Dropbox, uh, you know, salts and hashes all of their passwords and makes sure everything's secure. Um, I love a nice salted hashed password. It's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, and really it comes down to you yourself, the user, not using one, two, three, four, five. I mean, we, I personally, the company I work for, we just ran a big program that found... <laughs> That people had been using passwords for their email accounts that were one two three four five six seven. Well, at least one, they went. Two, at least they went to seven. I mean, yeah. that's good. Well, not all of them. That was being generous, and oh, then okay. or just password. Well, it's easy to remember. You know, it just use something a little bit better. Go to passwordgenerator.net and use so, their passwords that they have there. Personal responsibility here is yes. more key than anything else. Basically, a lot of the cloud storage companies are going to be doing very similar things because they're trying to compete with each other in terms of security. So yeah. if you find one that has two-factor authentication like Google Drive, that's not a bad way to go. Um, oh, and there's, I mean, and the other part of it is there is a threshold. You know, you could have the most secure company that you could work with in the world. Is the adoption going to be very high if all of a sudden you have to go to your device every single time you want to use it? For the everyday user, the answer to that is going to be no. I mean, they'd much rather be able to click an app or click on the app icon like uh, Instagram and automatically see what they want to see. They don't want to have to go do all that stuff. Right. So you have different levels that you got to consider when you're in, you know, putting this into your into your system as well. So yeah. here we go. Basically, what the free storage is being offered through is that what I said before, the Internet to Net Plus initiative. 
it, the Net Plus initiative basically offers software as a service and security and identity. And is, there's some other cloud-based services it offers as well. Uh, Box has partnered with them to offer free unlimited storage. And if you were interested in that, it might be what some of you, maybe your school districts are looking for. You need to go to internet2.edu and you can find some inter- information there and sign up. Um, if you want any information about this featured story or any other story we talked about today on the show, go to edtechweeklyshow.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at 4techteachers, the number 4techteachers. Going to post articles, post other things that are going on in the edtech world that you might find interesting. Please email the show, edtechweekly at gmail.com. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us if you like the new format. Send us some ideas, stories, resources. Uh, We really want to be interactive, so do that. Um, You can also call and leave a voicemail for the show at Matt's favorite number, 305-92-TECH2. 305-92-TECH2. And we will... just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I really like it. We promise to play that first voicemail and probably the second and third as well. So go ahead and, and give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking about the show or if you have any suggestions. And don't forget edtechweekly.reddit.com. You can go there and post links and resources, comment, interact with others in the edtech community, and we may use some of those stories and talk about them on the show as well. Or Matt, if you're familiar with Reddit, you could just search for the subreddit edtechweekly. That's also something they could do, yes, of course. There's, there's multiple ways, Matt. Come on. Matt, it's that time again. It's the end of the show. The people have been waiting for weeks. They want, they need, they crave your words of wisdom that end the show. That's the only reason why people listen, some of them. They want to hear what you're going to say. What is it, Matt? What do you have to say as we come back from this long break? Throughout the whole show, I've been giving Morse code with my uh, blinking. So if anybody can decipher that code, then you will have earned my words of wisdom. Now, are they going to have to just hear the sound of your blinking? We don't really have video active, so I'm not... I've been recording video for every last one of these. Okay, so if they if they email or contact us, you would be more than willing to send them the video of your eyelash Morse code. No, they have to find the site. I've been leaving tiny little codes in each episode that'll help them figure out what the URL is. I think you're lying. All I right. think that it's a long con. And at the end is a box of Lucky Charms. And at the end, you are Kaiser Soze. Aw, that's a good movie. I know. All right, guys. See you next time on EdTech Weekly. 